vulnerability is synonymous with weakness. Mm -hmm. And the number one, the most common argument I get back on that is, well, first responders, soldiers, whatever, people going to battle, they're vulnerable. No, they're not. That's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is being open to harm. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually take the time to write out why you like the show. Um, Here's another five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Kian Rogers writes, not all about dating and women. Longtime listener here. It's amazing how much Paul has grown since this podcast first came out, since his train wreck episode, which was hilarious. To his current uh, relationship with Marine Corps chick. Oh, man, that's an old one. <laughs> man, yeah, that one was, uh, man, that was from last year. It's Man, you guys need to get on this, man. I'm, I'm reading like old reviews here. Uh, it's clear that Paul is internalizing this information. Well done. Well, that's true. Thanks, Kian. Uh, <laughs> man. Yeah, that's an old one. You guys, I need some I need some new ones, guys. New five-star reviews. Hook it up. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, please drop a drop a comment and you know hit that like button. But drop a comment. You can leave an, an emoji, whatever, whatever. It, it helps boost us in the algorithms. All right. Uh, before I go further, I want to give a shout out to the Patreon, patreon.com slash come on man pod. Uh Right now, there's five tiers available, but in January, I'm going to consolidate to three tiers. And uh, the the tier one and two, the prices are going up. Tier three, the price is staying the same, but uh, you'll be limited to one call per month as opposed to two calls per month now. So if you want the current options and the current benefits, current prices, sign up now and select the annual option to lock in those prices. Um, and then when you you select the annual option, you also save 15% off the, the, the normal cost of it. But uh, with tier two, um, you basically get unlimited tech support from me. So let's say you're on a dating app, you get stuck on a conversation, some chick hits you up with some kind of shit test or whatever, you don't know how to respond, man, just send me a screenshot or whatever, or just tell me what's going on, man. I'll I'll reply back as soon as I can. And tell you what to say, tell you how to navigate those waters, you know, uh, basically training wheels until you get good at it yourself and you know what you're doing and then you, you don't need to do it anymore. Perfect. Like, <laughs> I want you guys to, to get to a place where you don't need to be on the Patreon anymore unless you just want to help support the show. Um, if you do just want to support the show, um, tier one is, is going to be your, your place to go for that. It's only 10 bucks a month. Um, and then I will put you in the beer credits at the end of, uh, each episode on YouTube. So anyways, check it out. Patreon.com slash come on man pod. Also, if you haven't done so already sign up for the email list, uh, that's list.comeonmanpod.com and you will get, uh, these free stickers, um, free of charge. I will mail them out to you. I, I 
just am trying to protect myself from like an Andrew Tate type situation where I get deplatformed and I have no way to contact my, my normal subscribers. So if you get on the email list, I'm not spamming you. I'm not sending out a bunch of sales solicitation nonsense or whatever. It's literally right now just to be able to contact you in case I ever get kicked off of like TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. I can send out an email blast and say, Hey guys, I got kicked off. This is my new account or, you know, follow me here, whatever. That's I'm just trying to, trying to hedge that, um, that problem because people don't like content for men out there for whatever reason. All right. Um, okay guys, joining me this week is a, a really cool cat. He goes by Greybeard actual on TikTok and Instagram. There's another Greybeard actual out there. Um, so it, it, it could get confusing, but, um, if you see, when you see this guy and you, you hear him talk, you've probably seen him on TikTok. He makes very compelling videos. Um, you'll, you'll know who I'm talking about, but, uh, his real name is Ray Gardner and he blew up because he made a video about how, when he used to be a bartender, how he would sort of be like a fly on the wall and women would just like say stuff to each other. He would hear them talk. He would they would come up and, and basically confess things to him that they otherwise wouldn't. And his video just like, I think it's got like several million views by now, but it, it basically just like lets the cat out of the bag on what women are really thinking and, and how they really act. And uh, yeah, this is just a fun conversation. You guys are really going to like this one. And I will bring that to you right after these words. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me this week is a TikTok creator who has some very compelling viewpoints on masculinity and sexual dynamics. You probably know him as Graybeard Actual. His real name is Ray. What's going on today, Ray? Doing well, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Um, I've been watching your videos for a while now. Um, but one thing that really stands out to me is, uh, your name, uh, your, your handle Graybeard actual, 
So adding actual at the end of your name sounds like you're a military man. Is that the case? Marine Corps. Yeah. Marine Corps. Okay. Very cool. What, uh, what did you do in the Marines? Uh, air wing, actually nothing too exciting. 88 to 92 corporal got out, uh, November of 92. So coming up on our anniversary. Okay. But, and there is actually, I should throw this out there. There's a gray beard actual on YouTube. He's been around a while. I didn't know this at the time. Um, so you can find me by Graybeard Actual on YouTube, but uh, if you come up on the tactical guy, from what I've seen, he's a pretty good dude. Didn't mean to step on his handle there, but um, <laughs> I've got a, some kind of a sub handle or something though. So, gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, because uh, if for people that that aren't familiar with uh, with the term, so like commanding officers are referred to uh, as their command plus actual at the end. So. So for instance, I, I was a, I was in the Navy. I was on the USS Shiloh. If someone wanted to speak to my captain from another ship via the radio, they would request to speak to Shiloh actual. So, yeah. yeah. So anytime you hear someone with actual in their name, you can almost guarantee that they were, they were in the military some form. What was your rate? Um, I was an OS. I got out as an OS two. So I was an E5 when I got out. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of time with the Navy bases. Did you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sailors and Marines have a, have an interesting, uh, dynamic. Do, are you, uh, are you one of those Marines that, um, I, I, I have yet to meet one that isn't, but you know, like when people say, you know, ask me about my time in the, the military, I, I say I was a sailor, but Marines always say I am yeah. a Marine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, I forget what it was. I don't remember what it, something came up in front of some other people and another guy said, well, when I was in the service <clears throat> and they told us in boot camp, Paris Island, they said that, I mean, they didn't tell us that you had to answer like this, of course, but they said, what you'll find is most Marines will say when I was in the Marines or when I was in the Corps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and there's exceptions, obviously, but other branches will tend to say when I was in the service or when I was in the military, but the Marines, it's kind of the same thing. And, you know, there is a little bit of a brainwashing going on there. With the whole boot camp thing, but yeah, they kind of drill that into you. So once the marine, always marine. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a uh, it's a pride thing, you know, kind of a kind of a and it, 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 it's very unique to the core um, that I found. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's a I think it's a it's actually kind of cool. It's kind of kind of uh, one of the best qualities of of marines, I think. Um, to be fair though, when somebody says ex marine or whatever, whatever, I got. I'm going to burn calories and something else. I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't say ex, I don't, I don't say ex Marine, but you know, like somebody else will say it and other, other civilian types will jump in and go, Oh, you're not supposed to say that. Whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> do you think that someone who says I'm an ex Marine, do you think that they're an, like an actual like former Marine or do you think that uh, they're just. No, I've said it enough myself because. Okay. You're speaking the civilian lingo. So if I'm talking to you or crowd, whoever, you know, I'm going to speak so you can understand me. And uh, I, I think I typically say was a Marine or former Marine. Um, but, I, you know, nobody likes any somebody that just gets too wound up with semantics and sure. going to correct your grammar and shit like that. Sure. What do you think of because um, I said. Someone who says that, do you think they might be like, you know, fake or whatever? Are you one of those guys? No, that gets- I mean, I, 
I've only ran across that once or twice. Okay. And, well, okay. I've never ran across an absolute fake Marine or fake military, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, the only thing I've ever ran into was some guys telling some big stories. Mm. In one of my first bartending jobs 30 years ago, I guess there was a guy there. And so my, I'm Desert Storm era. And um, I guess there was a guy there local at the bar, and he was always telling some big stories, and he was recon and so on and so on. And they said, hey, Ray, come here. And they introduced me, and he's in the middle of some big story. And his stories did tone down quite a bit. Mm. And uh, he wasn't quite the war hero once another Marine was around. But, yeah, you can tell, not necessarily by one or two words, but, I mean, think, I mean, you were you're on a ship. Think about somebody trying to sell themselves off to some fantastic sailor. All you got to do is ask a few questions. And the lingo, the jargon, where did you deploy, how, how did this go, are you shell back? You know, mm-hmm. all these kinds of things, right? You can you can kind of suss through all that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Are are you a shellback? I never went on ship. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I deployed I, I deployed a bunch, but it was always C one thirties and C fives and Got it. Okay. Um so do I mean do you are you one of those guys that that sort of gets up bent out of shape for the stolen valor thing? Cause uh, I used to I don't see it so I, much I anymore. The idea of it, but no. Okay, I I don't I don't see it so much anymore. But I would say maybe like five or six years ago, there was all these stories of stolen valor and like the, you know I would see all these older veterans just lose their mind over. It. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like I, to me, it's like pathetic. You know, you're yeah. <laughs> I just am like, man, what a loser. That's all I think of. You know, I, I never encountered it. Um, uh-huh. When I see the the videos, the kind of videos you're talking about. Um, that would kind of piss me off, but I don't know that I'm going to get so worked up in public. Maybe it would depend on what the guy was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have a couple of buddies that accosted a very young, well, I say very young, barely 21 year old kid. This is Southern California, 91, 92. And he had a dress blues jack, you know, the dress blues, the Marine dress blues mm-hmm. and had ribbons on it. Uh, E5 Sergeant stripes, a couple hash marks, the whole bit. And he's out on the dance floor and the kid's obviously not a Marine. Mm-hmm. And my buddies worked him over pretty good. And I don't, I wouldn't have done that. Um, I don't know. I probably would have called him out, you know, but uh, yeah. I guess it was his little brother's jacket or something. I don't remember the story, but they, I mean, they didn't like destroy the guy, but <laughs> he, he felt that for a little bit. Yeah. Well, he yeah. learned not to do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this isn't a costume prop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So for people that aren't familiar with you, I first saw you on TikTok because of a video that blew up um, that you did about women's uh, bar stories when you were a bartender. Was that like your first like breakout video? Um, that was my first big video on this account. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you had a previous account? My fourth account. Get out. Okay. This is my first account where I started from scratch doing my own content and just jumping in. Um, my first account, other people around me were saying, you need to do this. You, cause the guy in the videos, that's me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I go to a local tavern once or twice a week and eat dinner, have a couple of drinks. And there's a lot of people that wind up coming up to me and I help them and so on and so on. That's just, that's just, that's me. Um, so short version is people, Hey, you need to be on TikTok. I'm a very late arrival to social media in general. And so again, short version is I, I started an account and I was 
clipping some Jordan Peterson videos, not exclusively, but that's kind of what I wound up doing. Mm-hmm. And that got banned. I had, uh, I had, um, posted some Joe Rogan interview clips with Dr. Robert Malone and some of that, all that, that I wouldn't get into because I don't want to get banned again. Um, <laughs> um, Are you talking second, about inje- injection stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the jab. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then my second one, I'm almost losing track now. Second or the second one was I did a bunch of stuff of Rolo Tomasi, of course, you know, um, and again, I didn't start off doing that. I'm still playing around. And this is really what I'm getting at the point. I'm playing around because people are saying, do this. I'm clueless. I'm absolutely clueless on how this works. And so what I was doing was taking other people's stuff and like with Jordan Peterson or Tomasi, whoever, I know their content. So I, I was pretty good at editing it and grasping the point. Mm-hmm. And so those accounts, I mean, they were, I had three, 400,000 views or mm-hmm. likes, I mean, and I don't know, 20, I think I got to like 20,000 uh, followers on both of them and so on and so on. And the third one, I started off kind of like this and <clears throat> I used a couple terms that I'm not going to say now because I know this isn't TikTok, but I'll skip it. Yeah. Uh, more kind of kind of overtly political. And mm. so, so getting back to the bartender story thing, I was, I just got banned again and I've got a glass of bourbon in my hand. I've got steaks on the grill. I set my phone up in the shop and that's where I do most of my videos at in the little woodworking shop. I put that thing up and I would literally come up and for whatever reason, I had this idea in my head. Um, when I, I was in the Marine Corps at the time, the day I turned 21, I went to a bar that I'd already been hanging out at called the Goat Hill Tavern, Costa Mesa, California. Wonderful place. Check it out if you're in SoCal. Um, most of the bouncing staff at that time were all Marines, all juiced up, big jarhead guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there because of them already. So the day I turned 21, I go into the bar, put an application in. They recognize me. They see today's my 21st birthday. Hire me on the spot. That's my bouncing job. A couple weeks, three weeks, whatever, doing that. I get behind the bar where the real money is. Mm-hmm. And more to the point of the content and the account and whatever's going on. Um, I did pretty well with girls, you know, and that's not a flex because I failed a lot as well. And I've talked about this in a couple other podcasts. Sure. And I know Rolo talks about this a little bit sometimes that guys that can have a little bit of game and have a little bit of success, they don't always, always know why. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely me. And so my reflections for that post were the things that stood out to me because I thought I knew what I was doing, right? Mm. I got girls, I can do this. And then now here I'm at the bar and people really will treat you like a priest or a lawyer or something. You're obviously not, I'm a 21 year old kid. What do do I know? Mm -hmm. And the way people were coming off, old people were asking me questions. Like I knew what, what I was talking about. Then to the point of the post, groups of women, not every group of women, course, but groups of women would come in. And this wasn't a dive bar. This is a nice place. Anybody in Orange County or Southern California, they can attest to this. It's a nice, I mean, it's a fun place. There's sawdust and peanut uh, 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 shells on the floor, but it, it's, it's an upscale kind of trendy place. It's not like there's a bunch of crazy weirdos in there, but you'd get these groups of women in their 30, well, of all ages, but what stood out to me was the women in their 30s and 40s who were obviously intelligent, had some money, they had a little bit of uh, status to them, right, as far as that goes. And 
two or three drinks in, man, Katie bar the door. They're telling you all the crazy shit. And they will absolutely talk. People will absolutely talk to a bartender like they're a priest or something. And I, just the stuff to the point is I thought I knew something and I'm just sitting back listening going, hmm, hmm, really? Hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you listen to that post talking about <laughs> size, talking about ex-boyfriend, women that are getting ready to you, get you, you can That's say true. you can say things on here it's it's okay there's uh this is an ad well, show yeah <laughs> i've never had i had a lot of this in the comments i mean that's that's almost two million views now yeah I had a lot of comments guys seriously asking they're like does size really matter and i said okay fair enough i've never heard one woman during and there was other bartending days that i could talk about i've never heard one woman say it was a deal breaker yeah i just haven't However, you get them talking and there's two dimensions here, right? The one that everybody talks about, that ain't it. That ain't it. All right. And if you listen to women talk about it, that's what matters. And there's a certain type of woman, if she's been around a little bit, if she's had some, if she's had a guy really knock her socks off, that's the only kind of guy she can fall for. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how good your physique is. Mm -hmm. If she's had her socks knocked off, you're never, you're alpha widow. You're never the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's unless you can knock your socks off. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Unless you can compare to that alpha that stole her heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So, so just curious, uh, what size is it that women say is like, or, or does it does it vary between like the well the they numbers? don't talk well they don't talk about numbers uh, okay they don't know numbers yeah um, <laughs> they don't know how they, they don't know if you're six foot tall they don't know they yeah don't. <laughs> well when you would when you would hear them talk about it yeah. it was always um i'm trying not to be crude i know we can say pretty much whatever i just i don't want to be crude um basically I, I've asked a number of women, okay, here's the thing, as a bartender, and I'd already started reading psychology books, and I was kind of like playing around with learning how to talk to people, and I could kind of talk them into a corner, and I've got a couple other posts where I had these little word games, and I could get women to admit that they, they're still pining for their ex, and they don't really like their husband, and all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but um, you, if you ask them directly, they're never going to give you the truth, and that's probably most people, but fair enough. Um, so I, I walk around a little bit of a story and go, well, what about this? What about that? And I could get most women to admit that like, all right, you're building the perfect man. And if he's average length, but extra wide or extra length and average width, which and 100% without hesitation, extra width, boom, period. Mm -hmm. Right. So if that's not you as a man, all right, just probably be even more. Work on your tongue <sighs> game. <laughs> well, he'd be more on guard of, of body count and all these other things, right? Um, mm -hmm. If she's, I mean, and again, I I'll may probably mention Rollo a number of times because I know I know you're uh, doing your series on his latest book. Yeah, but um, but Rollo gets into it. It's not a body count thing per se. Body, the only thing body count does is up the probability that 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 guy's been in there, right? But it could be three or four guys. And just so happens that number two or three was Jack from the Titanic. So good luck. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I've made a few videos on that about being careful not to stack up behind a lot of first choices. And that's kind of become a theme of mine with the first choice. And I have a shirt made. I'm going to get some more done that just say hashtag first choice, mm. you know, so 
if I can't be your first choice, I'll move along to I am somebody's first choice. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I say uh, walk through open doors a lot. But yeah, a lot of guys are sitting there trying to convince women to like them. It's like, dude, if she doesn't like you already. <clears throat> yep. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you might be and able to sleep with her, but. It, yeah, not that's the first choice there. dynamic. Yeah. Because here's the, here's the kind of a, almost called it a trap, not a trap. Here's the thing that'll catch a lot of guys. If you get your, your game on and I'm by game, I mean your physique, you're doing well with your money. You're, you're spot on. Um, and I've not done a post exactly on this because it's hard to define, but we have one more time here. A lot of things can't be replicated. Okay. And so one of my California back way in the day stories is um, it's on my YouTube channel. It's my first long, long form video I ever made, but um, I've been the security blanket. I've been with the alpha widow and I was not going to change her mind. I, so I, this isn't a flex. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I've also been that guy. And the story I give on my YouTube is I'm a 19 year old Marine. I'm, I'm a little bit heavier. I'm, you know, I was yoked up. We just lived in the gym and she's, I'm 19. She's 26. She's from Michigan. She's never been to California. Um, she comes out with a friend of hers who was dating a Marine buddy of mine, so on and so on. And it was two solid weeks of party. We were, we had sex on the beach in Mexico down in uh, Escondido. We, we, I got arrested in Tijuana, which horrified her because I got in a fight. But later on, that added to this edgy sense of adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just the whole thing was this two weeks of a whirlwind blur. And to me, I'm just 19 having fun. And I thought, because she was older, I didn't think I was taking advantage of her. And there was a few weeks where she's calling me. She wants a long distance relationship. And I'm, yeah, that's no, can't do that. Mm-hmm. And she calls me a year later to let me know that she found a fiance, a good man, not a guy like me, a good man. Yeah. And I thought, I kind of laughed it off and I'm like, all right, whatever. But you know, at the point I'm thinking, well, why are you calling me for? Right. And that's alpha widow stuff in to the point that you can't replicate some things. And so maybe to the guys out there, you may be totally 100% on your game, but if you come across a woman and you pick up that there's these experiences in her past and it was just this whirlwind. He was, he was some minor celebrity. He was, it was spring break, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't replicate that. You may be more of a man than that guy, but that situation, she'll never be 26 again. First time in California swept off her feet. She'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what I talk a lot about is genuine desire and trying to learn how to, pick up on cues that her most exciting days might be behind her. And she sees you as something besides her best, right? Her mm-hmm. first choice. Yeah. I've, so I've had, um, I've had Rolo on the podcast. I've had a bunch of the rule zero guys on the podcast. I like to ask them what is their definition of genuine desire. So I'm going to ask you, what's your, what, what would you describe genuine desire as being? <clears throat> Genuine desire, hmm, I never thought about it quite like that. Genuine desire is, the, I always, in my post, I always talk about, did she fall for you? Mm-hmm. And I've used the analogy, she's on a car lot and you're a nice car. You, you've got the low profile wheels or tires. 
you're hot, you know, 500 horsepower, whatever, but you're not quite what she was looking for. Right. And so whatever it is that makes a woman fall for a man, it doesn't matter how nice you are. If you're not it, you're not it. So she gets on the car lot and she really had her mindset on this model of car. Mm -hmm. The salesman tells her, well, that's not available. Mm -hmm. She just can't get that. He's gone. That's Jack and the Titanic, whatever. That model's gone. But let me sell you on this model, okay? Mm -hmm. So the salesman has to go to work convincing her this is the model she wants, and she buys it. But then what happens a week, a month, a year down the road, she's driving down the road in her nice new car, and it's perfect. It's high horsepower, man, leather, bells and whistles, whatever. But every time she passes the model that she really wanted in traffic, she stops and thinks about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a precise definition to genuine desire, but that is kind of the mindset of what do you really want? And it is hard to define from one woman to another. But some women, it just, and it's going to come through. Am I the first choice? Were you infatuated with me from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Did you show that? Did you leave me on red? Were you ignoring my social media? Were you still following your ex-boyfriend two months later? All these different little things that could filter through. If any of that stuff's happening, I'm not your first choice. I'm not genuine desire for you. Yeah. I'm the guy. You, The salesman had to go to work to convince you to buy this car, meaning did she fall for you? And this is my go-to on my post. Did she fall for you? Or did she? Did you have to win her over? Mm-hmm. And that I, I said it repeatedly in all on my account. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to win a girl over, bounce. You're out, man. Stop. Yeah. Right there. It's not, it's not yeah. worth it. Yep. I've heard. Uh, I've heard Rollo describe it as um, if she's willing to change her religion for you. Yep. That's yep. genuine desire right there. <laughs> I'm like, never thought about it that way, but yeah, I can see that. So, at, so at the end of that that first video, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, that video that you, you know about the women's bar stories. You ended it by saying that threesomes aren't as fun as they might sound. Why? why I got that? a, <laughs> I got a lot more <laughs> feedback on that than I thought. Um, wow, getting personal here. Hope my mom never sees this. Um, my I won't first... tell her about it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she watches your podcast. Um, <laughs> My first threesome was in the Philippines, your Navy, do the math. Mm -hmm. Um, But they came up and offered it. And I promise you, I don't think I've ever asked. I never thought that much about it. So maybe it's a personal subjective thing. I don't know. Um, Me and a girlfriend in high school, we never did it. Me and a girlfriend in high school actually discussed it. Hey, let's do this. And we kind of like back and forth discussed it. For about four or five days before we realized she was thinking I meant me and another guy and her. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no devil's triangle. Girl. No, no. Yeah. Devil. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. So yeah, that never happened. Um, so the first one was Philippines. The the girls offered up, and I was sitting. I don't know if you did you ever go to the Philippines, but um, if you went outside of a Longapo. There's this highway and it's the beach. It's kind of cool. And I'm literally just sunning myself on the steps. I wasn't even on the hunt. And these two girls, blah, 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 whatever. Um, the next several times was always as a bartender. There's one other time after I was bartending, but 
the point I'm getting at is was always as a bartender because you're in that position mm-hmm. and women in, in my experience there's always two women that were really good friends I guess which is necessary for this kind of thing mm-hmm. and it was just a thing for him and I'm several times and there's always older women not dramatic remember I was pretty young but yeah. they'd, they'd pass a note ever been with two women and I'd say yes and that I was kind of let them down a little bit but whatever um, they thought they always, were making your night. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> this kid can barely grow a beard at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe because it never really fascinated me before because I got a lot of feedback agreeing with me and disagreeing on that post, but, and I'm being perfectly honest, this isn't a nod to women or whatever, but I just want to focus on one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it's distracting, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm over here like doing a circus trick or something, and and I'm glad I had those experiences. I'll be perfectly honest; it was it was yeah. a learning experience, obviously. But um, really, and now this might even I don't know how many many women watch your podcast, but I think women not can very not very li- not very many. I got mostly ninety nine percent dudes that watch this. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but you know, if you're going to be I'll just say it plainly. If you're going to be good at sex, and I mentioned earlier about size and some different things, um, what women, in my experience, what women are going to appreciate the most is intensity. If you absolutely want, I don't mean just being thirsty, horny, like a 14-year-old kid, but if you absolutely want to take this woman different positions, it's, it's rough, it's, it's, impetuous it's just go right mm-hmm. and take your time and i say all that don't rush through it but if you just really put intensity to that and you focus on her quick side note i've used this before for a couple of different examples women get into romance novels okay men obviously watch body parts slapping together <laughs> what's the difference we just want to see the body parts slapping together. One body parts interchangeable with the other. Mm-hmm. With the romance novels, <clears throat> at least the ones that I've perused, um, they're, they're pornographic. They, they're absolutely pornographic, right? They get very, very detailed. I was very surprised to find out how detailed they were. Um, to the point, though, is that there's character development. It matters what the guy does. It matters what his status is. And matters the background, all the story develops around it. What's that mean? When a man hooks up, he just wants to get laid. Mm-hmm. When a woman, even in a hookup, she needs to feel that she is the absolute center of his focus, his attention. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's not what hookup is. Like we said, from our, our standpoint, one body part's interchangeable with the other one. But from her standpoint, she needs to feel like she's it. You could have had any woman you wanted, but she is absolutely it. Mm-hmm. And when you approach it like that and you're intense and you, you, whatever your style, whatever your method is, women do like to hear some voice. I, I know we don't always do that, but they love to hear that. And you just be animalistic, intense and go after it. And that makes a huge difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all that to get back to the original thing of reasons. You can't hardly do that in a threesome, right? It's more mm-hmm. of a circus act, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's a fetish with some people. Um, maybe it makes them feel 
I don't know, making up for girlfriends they didn't get in high school or something, whatever. But yeah. the, the, the most intense pleasure that I think you can give a woman is you and her being that animalistic intensity and just make her feel like she's the center of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, uh, I had Eric Everhart on the podcast earlier this year. He wrote a book called unleash your sexual superpowers. And and we talked about threesomes and he said that for them to be <clears throat> successful, your girl has to be into chicks for one. And then two, there's, there's a hierarchy. And he's like, your like your girl has to be like the center. And it's basically you and this other chick teaming tag teaming to make her, you know, feel special. And that's the only way it works. And if you do it any other way, it's just, um, you know, chicks get jealous. Like there's all sorts of problems with it. It's like, he's like, this is the only way it works. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. Yeah. I mentioned that every one of my been in was always two women asking me mm -hmm. and they were really good friends, but you're right. Each time one of the women was the focal point. It's like one of the girls was doing this for the other one. Mm -hmm. And we all interplayed and did our thing. It was one of the women that was more the focal point. Um, the one second, third, I'm thinking the first one that at the Goat Hill Tavern, I was talking about before, um, the one girl was on her period, which was weird. Obviously, the very limited um, activity there. Yeah. <laughs> but that one girl was doing this for her mm -hmm. and everything was focused on her. And I think from the attitude that I got, and I hadn't really thought about that. That's a good point. Um, the way the, the one sort of served the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I forget the guy's name you just said, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. One, er one Eric Everhart. Yeah. He's a good guy. Eric Everhart. Yeah. He she was, she was serving her needs. So both me and those second girl will call her. We're serving the first girl's needs. True. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um, you have a number of videos talking about how men shouldn't be vulnerable. Um, and I a hundred percent agree with you on, on like all that stuff. So, but can you sort of give your, uh, can you explain that? Cause so my podcast it started out of a group of, of men that studied uh, Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man. I don't know if you're familiar with Corey Wayne, but um, in his book, at near the end, he he says something about how vulnerability is strength and or whatever. And I'm like, I, I, I've always disagreed with that. And I've gotten into some arguments with some of my 3% brothers on that. But uh, it's absolutely not strength. It's like the, the complete opposite of that. And women respond to strength. And but that but we're always told to be vulnerable. You probably understand that wrong instinctively because you're in the military, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of the guys that I come across on social media now, I, I try not to cross swords just to cross swords. I don't know, I don't think that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of people, male and female, have just bought into a lot of the modern narrative, right? It, it's said, and they don't, they're not really thinking about what's being said. Mm -hmm. And so I've made a number of videos saying, no, no, vulnerability is synonymous with weakness. Mm -hmm. And the number one, the most common um, argument I get back on that is, well, first responders, soldiers, whatever, people going to battle, they're vulnerable. No, they're not. That's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is being open 
to harm. And so I've made a couple of videos on this. A soldier, Marine, sailor, whoever, we go into battle, right? I'm well armed. I'm well trained. I've got my magazines on me. I'm good. Yep, I'm good, right? I'm not vulnerable. I'm in harm's way, but I'm not vulnerable unless I, I drop my weapon. I, I, I had poor training, whatever that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's vulnerability. Read, I read a lot of old Civil War stuff. You'd have these companies and divisions of, of men lined up, thousands of men. And it's hard to organize all that, right? This, this could go on for a hundred acres. And the, the better generals would see, oh, my flank is open. It's not obvious. If your flank is open, what is that? And they would use the word that's vulnerable. You're vulnerable to, would that be a deflate attack? That'd be a deflate attack, right? You're vulnerable. You work to fix that deflate attack. You work to fix that vulnerability. You don't leave it hanging out in the air like that. You're going to get killed. So, of course, I get some people coming back. Well, romance isn't, isn't combat. Well, I'm not, I'm just responding to the most common um, argument I get, right? So, which is the bottom line is, Vulnerability is being open to harm, open to injury. That doesn't mean you purposely hang yourself out there to be injured. It just means vulnerability, that is. It's a weakness that I'm easily offended. I'm easily insulted. I'm easily hurt. None of that comports to what being a man is. None of that has anything whatsoever to do with masculinity, Mm -hmm. right? And so the more I get into this, this badass coaching guy on TikTok and two or three others, and they have millions of followers and they've come after me a couple of times. And I'm like, hey, you have no fucking argument because everything they bring to me is nothing but they, they describe emotional intimacy. Mm. And I say, you tell me one. Go, go guys, ahead, go I ahead. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, go <laughs> ahead. Like, you tell me one fucking item, one, one place that Emotional intimacy, me a man with a wife or girlfriend, you tell me how me being emotionally intimate with my wife or family, my kids, you know, it it works. Mm -hmm. You tell me what that has to do with me being easily hurt. It doesn't, has nothing, nothing to do whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Zero, zip, nothing, right? If I'm emotionally intimate, because what they do is they describe, I'll say a man does not have to be vulnerable to be in touch with his wife or his girlfriend or his family. And what they wind up describing is intimacy. Well, how are you going to be intimate? How are you going to do this? How are you going to be emotionally in touch? No, no. It's a straw man argument. You are describing emotional intimacy, emo- the masculine version of emotional openness. You're describing that and saying, well, that's being vulnerable. The hell it is. That's completely wrong. It's 100% wrong. So it's a straw man argument. They say for a man, in order for him to be intimate, for, in order for him to be emotionally available to his wife or girlfriend, he has to be weak, vulnerable. And that's just absolute lie. And I've torn this apart nine ways from Sunday and I've lost some followers for it, but I gained some too. So there you go. Uh, you didn't need those followers anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you also stitched a video of Elise Michaels about how uh, you did two of them. Well, the one that I saw was, uh, how men can stop feeling emasculate. She did it on how men can stop feeling emasculated. You said, well, the first step is stop getting advice from women about how to be a man. I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah. There's, Cause there's so these women, um, 
and, and you know, some of the, I think some of these, uh, these co- female content creators, you know, they have good intentions and some of them have a decent message, but these guys just flock to them and they're, it's easy for them to build a following because men are, you know, these simps are just like, oh, she gets me. She understands me. And it's, it's, it's all a, a grift at the end of the day. I think there's a subconscious thing in their mind. At least Michael's is, is nice looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's pretty squared away. I, I mean, I've stitched her twice now and I'll defend her to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier about people. I don't cross swords with everybody that talks about vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I, I really, nah, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this too, with too much certainty. I think I could not necessarily change her mind. I think I could influence her a little bit. Mm. Just watching some of her um, content, I don't think she's over the top. Yeah, and I know. I don't I'm, have. A, I don't never, have a specific problem with Elise, um, and I don't yeah. really know her. I haven't really talked to her, but um, and I don't have, have a problem. A couple- with all- yeah, I don't have a problem with all well, the all the female creators out there, but there's a few that I, I do have some beefs with. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Elise and I have a couple of mutual TikTok friends, and and from the content that I see and the things they say, I, I think she probably falls in the camp of somebody that has bought the narrative. You know, vulnerability. Basically, what I've kind of made gone off a little bit of a rant there before is vulnerability in a man equals intimacy and that's false that's a totally false idea but i think she's bought into that and i've talked to a number of men brian morgan he'll probably watch this on tiktok um he was he and i kind of went back and forth in a little bit and he's like oh yeah i see your point great um but i think elise is probably pretty you know what the right guy and she may hate me saying it like this but if she met the right guy, he could probably bring her over to the traditional masculinity side with no vulnerability and all that other stuff. Because I, I'm just, like I said, I'm just giving her a little bit of defense because her stuff is not totally over the top. But what she does put out there is very much narrative driven from society, all that. And I'm too far off from that, but to the point to what you were saying on the original post, though, was that... um yeah, don't take advice from women. Duh. Mm-hmm. And the second part, I don't remember exactly. What, oh, she got into the vulnerability part was which what we've already been talking about. So any woman's going to tell you, well, okay, imagine that my bald head, bearded, muscled up, whatever. Uh, who, what woman of any sense is going to take advice from me on how to be feminine? I can tell you what I like about the feminine i can tell you what i look for in the feminine but the idea that i'm going to be able to coach somebody up a woman up on how to be precisely detailed feminine that's that's goofy that's just there's no sense in that and the men and in my opinion the men that buy into this and i love pearl okay she's the only one i can think of that i'm really into i don't even follow her but i you know that i like her I see her clips. I, I don't follow like her long form content, but I see her clips and, and her she makes really good points, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've not watched every long form either. Um but yeah, but I'm just trying to give credit where credit is due. Men don't listen to women. I know. I'm a Neanderthal. I'm a caveman. <laughs> but I mean really, right? Just turn the tables around. Are there a bunch of twenty year old women out there trying to learn how to be feminine by listening to a guy like me? 
and I do, I've got like 12, 13, 14% of my, of my followers are women. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. But if that number grew much higher, I would be worried. Okay. I'll tell you this. When I first started for like the first two or three months, my female follower that on TikTok, the, the percentage was close to 20%. And I sincerely thought I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there should be 20% of women liking my stuff. And I'm not trying to be offensive. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, Ooh, I, I, this, that's not who I'm appealing to. But back to the original point, though, it's like, who am I, this crusty old jarhead, to be giving a 20-something-year-old girl tips on the details of how to be feminine? That, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have a few. Uh, I, don't, I don't think most women listen to the, the long-form content, uh, the long-form podcast, but I, I do have probably roughly that amount on social media. And what I found with them is that they either want to understand men better or they just want to argue with me. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are, those are, those are the, my female followers, which I, I still appreciate them. They still give me views, you know, views of view at the end of the day. But <laughs> so based purely on your videos and your topics, um, you know, I'm going to go out of limb, say you've probably read some of the same books, you know, follow the same creators. You mentioned Rollo already. You mentioned uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, Besides those guys are, you know, who, who would you say are your biggest influences then in the men's space? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm a lot. It, I've been asked this quite a bit from commenters on books and stuff and, you know, for recommendations. Um, it's hard to narrow down because I've, I'm a reader. I mean, I've read thousands of books and that's, that's just me. Um, so I'll start off with Rolo for sure. Yeah, we'll go through. So I've been divorced just a little over two years, right? And most people, if you're a well-read person, or at least a moderately well-read person, you have some opinions, depend on age. When you find somebody, whatever the source, social media, books, whatever, when you find somebody that echoes a little bit of what you feel like you've already figured out, right? You'll go, boom, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, I got divorced in July of 2020 and it was probably about this time of year, 2020, a few months later, I had seen Rolo's books on audio, audible.com on the audio thing. I'm a, I do two, three books a month on audible. Um, oh, I love audio. Uh, I do. I listen to all my books on Cause I, yeah. Like taking the time to sit down and read is just such a chore for me. But if I'm going to the gym, if I'm in the car, if I'm out jogging, um, audiobooks is just effortless learning for me. So, and I still do love to read, and I try to encourage people to actually read because there, there's a mental process to that. But yeah, to that point, I sit at a desk with multiple monitors and all that, but I can put my earbuds in and go. Um, so I've seen real quick because all the psychology stuff that I like to read. I'd seen Rolo's books before, but I could, I mean, Rolo's the goat. Okay. But I could tell by looking at the, the, the listing, it was a kind of a self-published or, you know, not a big thing. So I thought, ah, whatever. And short version is I finally clicked on one shortly after my divorce. And I thought, oh yeah, that guy's really good. And I looked him up on the, on YouTube and um, yeah, obviously, you know, Rolo, great stuff. What Rolo doesn't get credit for, I think, in mainstream or nearly mainstream, whatever, is he's sharp. He's really sharp. 
Um, I know some people kind of criticize a little bit for being so data heavy, mm-hmm. but man, you need the data. You got to get it somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know anybody else that really breaks down data in real life examples and really breaks it down the way Rolo does. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference I think between Rolo and myself, as far as outlook goes is, um, you know, I'm sitting here having a drink and, you know, dropping bombs, but, um, I have a little bit more of a spiritual background. I might, I might differ with him a little bit on the religion thing, but not by much. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, I've made a couple book lists on my post. So I would say, you know, if a person starts with the Rolo, to, well, read the whole series. I've read all but one, the one on religion. I'm, I'm going to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, the influences as far as these things go. Um, Jack Donovan, The Way of Men. Excellent book. Um, and here's the funny thing. I put out a book list maybe a month, month and a half ago. And I'd only listened to The Way of Men once. And when I started putting my book recommendation list together, I put as number two, a book called Shop Class as Soulcraft. Shop Class as Soulcraft has nothing to do with red pill, has nothing to do with anything, right? Shop Class as Soulcraft. And I listened about a week later after I put that post that I was listening, re-listening to um, The Way of Men. I think it's The Way of Men. Has to be, yeah. And he mentions Matthew B. Crawford, Shop Class is Soulcraft. Because what Shop Class is Soulcraft gets into, right, it's the loss of skill and competency. Mm. And he's taking a totally different route. He's not red pill. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But when he talks about the loss of competency and people in general, but specifically men, losing the ability, losing the skill to take care of themselves to be somewhat independent because of the skills they possess. So mm. we take you away from being an artisan, a skilled laborer, um, a, a, a craftsman. Okay. We take that away from you. Now we put you in a factory. What's that make you? Makes you a fucking robot is what makes you right. Yeah. Now you can attach all that to stuff. You see where I'm going with that. You yeah. can attach all that to what are, what are people today? We're slaves right? We're tied to this thing. And I'm, I'm not trying to go off on a rabbit hole there. Um, so no, it's a great point though. Yeah. Yeah. So my book list, I said, number one, Jack Donovan, number two, Matthew B. Crawford, shop classes, Silcraft went on the line. My last book was Roller Tomasi, his first book, Rational Mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I listened to that, uh, Jack Donovan a little bit while, a little later. And sure enough, he mentions Matthew B. Crawford, shop classes, Silcraft because to, in my on my post, if you listen to these, read them in that order, they give understanding to the next thing. And then mm. the very last thing with Rolo Somasi, I said, if you read these other books in progression, build on that understanding, you'll get to Rolo Tomasi's initial book, Rational Mail, and go, there you go. Mm. Interesting. Okay. I'm gonna have to go check out your book list then. My book list you. is my my book list is it's ridiculously long. And I have um, I have a calendar reminder just so I can keep track of all the books that I put on my list. And, uh, and so I go through them in order. There's a few books that I listen to on re- on repeat. So, you know, like that, the Corey Wayne book, I've listened to it 21 times. 
Uh, Rolo's book is one that I've got on my list to listen to multiple times, you know? So I go through these and then occasionally I'll hear like a book recommendation like that. And so it'll jump the line. (laughs) It pushes everything back. So, but, uh, so it takes me forever to get to people's books, but yeah, I love, I love it. I, I, man, what are the blessings? So, so me getting into this space, and I've told the story on the podcast a bunch of times. Uh, I, I was married and got divorced, found myself back on the dating circuit and then, uh, got into a long-term relationship for like four years. It was that second relationship that caused me to go into the red pill space and look for answers on, you know, why I suck with women, you know, why I can't keep long-term relationships, you know, long going, you know, why I can't keep them going and stuff like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? And, um, so yeah, but, the, but that second relationship, she got me into audiobooks. She got me, she yeah. was, she was really big into like self-help books and listening to audiobooks, And so, I started listening to them and I was like, you know what? I bet you I could find some books on how to be better with women. <laughs> sure enough. So I was like, I always give her credit for, for my journey and, and my ridiculously long book list. Um, you have a great video about how men and women lie differently in relationships. So you said that men have a criminal mindset while women will justify their actions. Can you expand on that a little bit? I love I thought that was great. That is to my mind that is my masterpiece in um passive aggressive messaging. Because <laughs> when both men and women lie. I mean, you know, we're not going to be stupid here. Obviously men and women both lie. Oh sure. When men lie, and there's exceptions, I get it, I get it. Right this second on November seventh, and because I, I changed, there's one pin that I changed on my TikTok a lot, but I have a favorite TikTok that I made um, where I basically told people to shut the fuck up if you're going to give me exception to the rule, and everybody loves it and they laugh, whatever. Um, so that's the right now. So don't give me your exception. So here's the thing: men are criminals. When they're doing something wrong, we do not need to justify our emotions as we do what we're doing. Are all men liars? No. Are all women liars? Of course not. No. But men or women, whatever that class is, when they're doing something wrong, when we're up to no good, the men absolutely know they're doing something wrong. And you can find, go to psychology today, whatever. You can find plenty of articles on this. Men get caught more than women. Why? Because we don't justify this stuff. Okay. We know, I mean, we might tell ourselves, well, I'm the top G, I'm a what, whatever. Yeah, dude, whatever. You're stepping out and you know you are, right? Um, women, and there's a lot of, you know, evolutionary psychology kind of stuff on this and how they protect and how they, you know, bundle up. But basically speaking, when a woman is going to, it could be flirting and maybe, maybe not even full cheating when a woman is misbehaving. And I know that's an old fashioned term. I'm, I'm trying to be generic here, whether it's overt flirtation, whether it's a crush at work, whether it's actual cheating, right? And Esther Perel, this is my, my thing about being passive aggressive is I've actually pulled up some Esther Perel clips where she basically says the same thing. The woman has to go through so many emotional hurdles to justify her actions, 
to feel good and justified about her actions, right? She's believing her own shit. Mm-hmm. And so my point in those those posts is, there's a couple, there's one big one, but there's two or three of them, is the hard part for men is Madonna whore complex, how you want to think of it, when a woman looks at me and goes, oh, baby, it's love and loyalty forever. Flash the eyelashes, right? Mm-hmm. We believe it. We just fucking believe it. We just do, right? Mm-hmm. And then listen, I've seen this in my own in my own life, literally an hour or two later, she's giving fuck me eyes to some perfect stranger. Mm-hmm. Really? How, how'd you do that? How did you go from being very sincere, or at least a very good liar, with all the love and loyalty stuff, to doing that with that guy, mm-hmm. right? And they are two different people. We, we can flirt and we can do all the same kind of stuff, but we're not as convincing as we do it. Why? Because we're not convincing ourselves of, ourselves of it, right? So when a woman gets into that mode, she literally needs to feel as if she's justified in doing this, mm-hmm. right? And so as she gets into doing this, she will tell herself she deserves this. She will tell herself he's, he's doing this, he's doing that, I'm not getting what I need, et cetera, et cetera. I deserve this. You go, girl. You get what you need. If you're not getting affection, if you're not getting the satisfaction, if you're not getting this, you go for what you need. You deserve this. And they'll go and do it, and they're fine. Yeah. And that to 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 the to the male psyche, we don't deal well with that because we don't typically operate like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a that makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. It's like. There's there's a, a term uh, women women don't lie. It's like <laughs> women don't lie and men don't listen. That's what I that's what uh, the term is. But but yeah, like women don't think that they're lying because they've they've done the mental gymnastics for it. The passive aggressive part is that they effectively turn themselves into pathological liars because mm-hmm. that's what that is. Once you buy your own bullshit, your own justifications, you are a pathological liar. If, if even for the moment. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see women. I see it a lot in the comments, and you probably do too. Like women, when you 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 make a, an assertion about like how women are, and then women are like, "Oh yeah, well, that you know, she probably only did that because of blah blah blah." You know, it's like they make all these excuses. Uh, oh, it yeah, works both yeah. ways, and all this stuff. You know, it's like. Um, you're not you're not sticking on topic here now you're now you're you're trying to convince me of your bullshit you know i probably had in the last two weeks because I've, I've kind of stepped up i guess you call it being aggressive um there's probably eight or nine female followers of mine and i have yeah i mentioned before about about 11 12 percent and they're pretty pretty down-to-earth women and you know whatever but there's been eight or nine women in the last couple of weeks that I put out some posts and before they were totally supportive, but I'll, I'll touch a trigger. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hmm. And they come at me hard. I'm just blocking them. Yeah. Just like, no, just, we're not going to do this because like you said, and they're following you and they're arguing with to this, to this extent, if you're going to show me this attitude, this, this belief system, whatever, you know, topic it is, I, I only block, kind of a side note, I only block when I see somebody as a liability. Like I said, this is my fourth account. If I think you're going to report me at some point, you're getting blocked. Yeah. And I have, I have plenty of debates with people all the time. 
and because they're not hateful or stupid or whatever, I'll let them be. Uh, the only time I block was when I sincerely think somebody's going to be a liability to me. And, you know, to, to what you said, though, is like some women get to a point and they just can't wrap their head around some basic factual stuff and they get, uh, you know, kind of weirdly offended. So I'm like, gone, done. Yeah, so, I do the same thing. I, my my original account got banned last year for mass reporting and bogus violations. So I've still I've it's been well over a year. I still haven't made it back to that that same level like TikTok. If I, if I get a video that's getting up to like, let's say 40,000 views or something like that, they'll, they'll, they'll cut it off. And they're like, we can't let this guy get out of there. <laughs> I've never, I've never had a video go like a million views or 2 million views. Never. Well, okay. So we're coming up to an hour here. I don't know how long you go, but I'll, I'll, I'll give people this. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely not a TikTok expert or an algorithm expert or anything like that. Um, fourth account and I know it's kind of become a running joke that if your if your posts aren't doing well, people kind of make memes like maybe your content sucks. Right. No, no, hold up, hold up. I've went several times, several times. I've yeah. went from having an average of fifteen to twenty thousand views per video. That's an average. Yeah. And then overnight, go down to literally less than a hundred. You're getting stepped on. Oh yeah, yeah. I I took a month and a half off. Because I had a, an account warning and I wanted to, you know, put space between violations, and I came yeah. back. I came back <clears> last <throat> week and started dumping all my videos that I've been posting this whole time on Instagram, and all those videos are almost all of them are are like under a hundred views, and I'm yeah. like, this, this, there's no way that I have twenty thousand followers and I'm only getting like ten views. There's <laughs> And so I, I get it. I it's easy to say. Well, maybe your maybe your content's like I don't know. I went from twenty thousand to eighty. That, yeah. that, that that doesn't make sense. And even just now, for the, like the last two weeks, um, my average was up around ten or twelve, and now my average is around two, three, four, something like that. And I have a couple that are fifty, sixty plus, but it's every fifth or sixth one. So mm -hmm. there's something there. And I, I'll say this, though, actually, in TikTok, TikTok's defense, um, not that they're listening, but um, for anybody who wants to learn a little bit, is avoid keywords. And this isn't TikTok necessarily. So don't say the word suicide. Mm -hmm. Body count will get you flagged, but not banned. It'll, it'll, it can slow your momentum up a little bit. Um, I did a live like a month, month and a half ago with Liz, uh, yeah, Elizabeth Princeton. She tried to promote our live and she used nothing but pro masculine stuff, masculinity, manly, whatever, right? Six or seven hashtags with nothing but masculinity. It got taken down, mm -hmm. right? So kind of be selective in what you're saying. If you watch, there's two or three posts I've had in the last week where the topic was body count. And it can get through, but you'll see me cut that word off. Mm -hmm. I go, I'll, I'll cut it off. Yeah. Right? I've been, I've been editing. I've been uh, bleeping out my words a lot. And I think I'm going to, I, I noticed uh, my friend uh, defund simping. He uh, he's got like almost a half a million followers. He, he just doesn't even use like description half the time. He just posts the video without anything. And because they they do that they have that algorithm where they're they're looking for keywords in the description 
And yeah. so he he just stops stopped posting those and he's he seems to be doing good. So I think I might start doing that. Yeah, I would say don't ever post anything overtly pro masculine, pro red pill. Nothing obvious, right? Just yeah. just yeah. And it's kind of odd. It's it's crazy that we're sitting here having this conversation. This is like Soviet style stuff, right? Yeah. Even on an open forum, as you know, YouTube and podcasts are, we're talking about how to get around the system. I know it's it's crazy. crazy. Is it? We're in the United States. It's it's it blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Um, you're right. We are at uh, we're actually over an hour now. So why don't we end on that thought? The Soviet Union. Uh. Where can people find you online, Ray? If you go to my TikTok account, Graybeard Actual, um, can't find me, find it through him. I have a link tree there, um, Graybeard Actual on Instagram, Graybeard Actual on YouTube. And those are my things, yeah. I just saw that you have a Twitter account too, but you don't have, it's not. I don't post anything. Yeah, I, yeah, I know shit about Twitter. Dude, Twitter's hard Somebody, for me to figure out, but yeah. There's a, there's a female lawyer friend of mine on TikTok that is very intelligent, and she's had some really good info, and she said, get on Twitter, and I said, I don't see the point. There's nothing to this. But yeah, one, one, I'm there, good, but I have posted. one good thing about Twitter, though, is Elon Musk took over, and we have, yeah. some, we have some freedom of speech. Well, more free than the other platforms, and I, I really dig it. And all the, all the, uh, the Manosphere guys, Rolo... All those guys are super active on Twitter. So if you ever want to get in contact with Rolo, do it through Twitter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Ray, I'll give you your evening back, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, brother. Ray, thank you for joining me, brother. I really appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, you're a good dude, man. I I, I really like that you you took the time to, to, to join me and uh, we were able to talk about, you know, being in the military and, you know, how, how, uh, you know, talk about, you know, vulnerability around women and how it's, it's such a, it's such bullshit. Um, yeah, man, great conversation. I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you're welcome back anytime, man. All right, guys, uh, before we go, I want to give another quick shout out to the Patreon, patreon.com slash come on man pod. Uh, you guys joining the Patreon supports the show more than anything else. Um, I have some, you know, advertising sponsors on like YouTube and Spotify and stuff like that. But um, it, those really, it's like pennies compared to just the simple, like if you guys just join the lower tier, the, the, the beer club tier, um, your $10 a month really helps keep these videos coming, helps keep getting, more guests on t- so that we can help more men. Um, so please consider joining, even if it's just the, the $10 option. Um, one thing I do want to say too, um, uh, anyway, before I move on to that, patreon.com slash come on man pod, check it out. Links in the description. January, it's only going to be three tiers. So check it out now if you want to lock in the current prices. Um, another way that you can support the show that I didn't really talk about at the beginning is um, starting in January, I'm going to start doing live streams. Uh, I'm going to start trying to do it twice a week on like Wednesday and, and Friday mornings. And um, that's another way you can support the show. If you tune in on on YouTube, um, what I'm typically going to be doing is you know covering a topic. I'll have talking points and um, I'll just cover those points until I'm done. Uh, but 
if you send a super chat, you can ask questions. And that's another way that you can support the show is with super chats. So um, if you don't want to do the Patreon, that's cool too. If you just want to do like a one-time thing, just you know, join one of the live streams and send a super chat. That that will help quite a bit as well. Um, otherwise, you can just you know tune in coming coming in January to the live stream and join the the chat and um, listen to me ramble on about some kind of topic for an hour. I'll try to keep it you know concise and to the point though, so it's not rambling. It'll be actual actually helpful information. That's the plan anyway. Or sometimes I'll talk about a current topic, but uh, yeah, if you want to, if if I'm ever talking about something and you just want to interject with with something that you're going through or whatever, just send a super chat, and it can even be like you know a 99 cent super chat. It doesn't matter. Um, there's not going to be any price limit on it, but I am going to limit uh, answering questions to super chats. So keep that in mind. Uh, make sure you guys get on the email list list.comeonmanpod.com and get uh, free stickers for your troubles. Um, I just want to be able to contact you guys if I ever get deplatformed, you know, from YouTube or, you know, Instagram or whatever. Um, I just want to be able to reach out and let people know uh, that I did get deplatformed and where to follow me, you know, if I create a new account or something like that. So get on the email list. I promise I'm not using it for spam. <laughs> so my guest next week is going to be Red Pill Thor. He's very well known in the Manosphere, but uh, you might not have heard of him. He doesn't have a huge following on YouTube, but the man literally knows everyone in the space. Like I think he has everyone's personal numbers. Um, he makes training content for John MLD and, um, yeah, uh, like everyone knows him and, uh, he's just, he's a good solid dude. He, he hosts a panel show every, every week called the dragon ship. So that conversation is really good. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, all right. I think that's all we have for this week, guys. Make sure you tune in on Monday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.